Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Welcome back to a beautiful day. Here I thought last night the prediction was for rain, and it's not here. So what is it? It's a gardening day. So maybe after the show, we'll get out into our gardens and we'll start getting that activity. I know it's been much delayed. This week, though, I was able to grab the granddaughters, and out on the lawn we went, and teaching young children the sounds of the birds, looking at the grass, seeing what there is. And yes, I'm a little late too. I'm just starting to clean a little bit up. And as we even dug in some of the gardens, what did we see? A few worms or two. Just imagine the thoughts of little girls running around with worms. One, not so intent on being close. The other, eager and attentive to see what it does. There's inspiration there, and it brings a smile. It brings me also to what our gardens will bring. Our gardens bring us the joy and the health and the wellness. When you look about your gardens in the morning, you take pride and you see what there is. It's the seasonality of these gardens that are really close to our heart. So please listen to the poem this morning. My garden is a special place and so near and dear to my heart. So in the early morning there, I watch the new day start. The flowers nod their sleepy heads to shake the morning dew. And then the sun peeps shyly up to the climb a sky of blue. The birds wake up and start to sing a happy little song. They'll build their nests and lay their eggs. It won't take them very long. I look at the rocks in my garden. I've found them far and wide. From the desert sand to the ocean shore, and on that mountain side. And I look too at the birdhouse that hangs up in my tree. I think of the one who bought it and hung it there for me. My cactus are all blooming now in colors bright and fair, and in my garden I find peace and shed my every care. As summer nears, the days grow long, I still my vigil keep. I walk now in the evening cool as the world prepares to sleep. The butterflies are sleeping now. Insects no longer hum. They're resting. They're waiting for the new day to come. The day's now short, but mocking birds still sing. My garden waits for autumn and the changes that she will bring. As summer flowers fade away and hardy mums now bloom, my garden is like a newly redecorated room. The trees are all dressed in colors now, so lovely and so bright. The one that's in my garden is truly the splendid sight. The birdbath has no bathers now. The birds sought warmer climes. The breezes play a melody on gently swinging chimes. Those are the thoughts of a garden, the seasons that it brings. And it's amazing that we're just beginning the life of a new season with us now. We are in the gardening season. There's going to be no rain for us today, I hope. So it means it's time to get into the garden and enjoy the time 
and your energy will not be wasted. We're going to go right to lines. Joseph is waiting. Good morning, Joseph. Yes, good morning, Carla. I have two lips that are blooming now. When can I move them safely? Uh, after they have bloomed. Um, well, you know what? What you have to do is, I'm going to correct myself on that. It's probably best to leave them in the ground and do that uh, in the fall because spring blooming tulips, uh, after the flowers are finished, uh, you can cut the flower stalk off, but the sugars and starches that are in the leaf structures have to slowly die back so that the energy goes back into the bulb so that it is re-energized for next year's bloom. Yeah, okay, so fall time. Yeah, it's in the fall. That's when you do it. So the best thing to do is put a little bit of a marker where they are, because I know sometimes um, we have a tendency to sometimes layer our gardens with annuals close to where the tulips are. So it kind of, A, disguises the, if I could say, when when all the leaves are sort of dying, it doesn't look that, that great. So a bunch of petunias in front of it is a great way to disguise the dying foliage that's on there. But yeah, uh, we do the planting of tulips normally in the fall, so I would suggest do it in the fall. And what about peonies? Peonies, uh, I would say late summer, uh, late summer or in the fall, because again, that is a spring yeah. blooming, so you really don't want to disrupt, which I love. I love peonies. There are so many colors that are out there. Uh, do you know what colors do you have? Uh, I have pink. You have pink? Yeah. And the fern leaf, have you ever seen a fern leaf peony? They are, no. it is, the old-fashioned latifolia ones have the sculpted leaves that are on there with uh, either uh, semi-double or double bloomings on it. But a fern leaf peony, the structure is, it's exactly that. It is very fine, lacy leaves with usually a deep reddish burgundy flower that's on it. And I noticed that they're in bloom right now in our community. So they look stunning right now. Okay. Thank you, Carla. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for calling in, Joseph. Bye. Bye-bye. Already we're starting to think. And it's when I had uh, the granddaughters over, we basically were going through things. And already I was assessing. Uh, They're a little bit younger, so we couldn't do a whole bunch. But we sure had a lot of fun doing what we could get done in the garden. And already the mind is quickly sort of planning to say what goes where. Have you? I'm going to put a shout out. How many of you actually have started your gardens? Because our season has been a little bit, yeah, okay, not a little bit delayed. It's been delayed, okay? But we have to remember that the last two years are not an indication of when our actual true planting date uh, was because A, we were kind of blessed with the really early springs in the last two years, but along with that came a long drought. So there was a lady that was in, that was gracefully in the other day, and she pushed her card in here, and she just gave me a little bit of wink, and she gave me a nod, and she said, yep, it's time to plant. And there's the mystery about the full moon in June. So was it? I remember a a grandmother of my husband's who used to always follow the old calendar because she was from Europe. So is there thoughts on that? So there's actually things that we can do in our gardens. And yes, we are already, we're already into June. Just imagine. And is it not beautiful out there? 
because yes, the tulips are blooming. I see those. I also see a lot of the rosy blooms and the rosy blooms give us a lot of instant pop of color and it's glorious because those gladiator rosy blooms are just beautifully pink right now. The double flowering plums are out there and soon the lilacs. Can you imagine? Can you see it? Envision it. And paired with all the beautiful plantings that are going to be coming out out to give us a pop of color through the summer. All I got to say is, wow, that's going to be beauty. Uh, We're going to go right to the lines. I just was told Kathy is waiting. Good morning, Kathy. Hi. Um, I like to listen to your garden show all the time. And the question today is, um, what is there anything a person can do to prevent uh, radishes from bolting and to form nice radishes? Okay, with radishes bolting, that sometimes um, that is sort of the heat stress aspect of it that's on it. If you wanted to sort of give them a little bit of shading or cooling, um, sometimes in some aspects I have used, it's like a, a shade cloth. It's a very sheer, clear, like white fabric, but it still allows the UV and everything to go through. Sometimes I'd put a little bit of it up on pins or tunneling that they're open on the sides, but it just kind of gives it that cooling effect that's on it. Okay. Okay, and sowing them early also helps because we know that radishes are kind of like that cool crops that we can plant early, like our lettuces and our spinaches that like that cooler temperature. So sowing them early before and letting them develop before we get that excessive heat. Okay. Yes, uh, if I see them early, then the flea beetles usually get them. Oh, but yes. Well, you know what? There is that cover, that same, the same cover that you use for shading them is also a protective cover against flea beetles. Okay, yes. Okay. Well, anyway, this year it was impossible to see it early. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I truly, I, I know that. Um, just south of us here of St. Adolph, there was one lady that I guess she was kind of landlocked with the flooding water. Um, you know, after three weeks, she said, yes, I was able to drive off my lane and get out. So everyone's gardens are a little bit affected. And we're all, not to use the pun, we're all in the same boat because I don't want to think of high water. <laughs> but uh, we're all in the same boat. But I truly believe... It is go time. It's time to garden now. Yes. Okay. Okay, thank and you. Where are you calling from, Kathy? Uh, Rosenort. Rosenort. I forgot to ask Joseph. So, Joseph, next time you call, let me know where you're calling from. Okay. Thank you for calling. Okay. Okay. It is that. It's when you're able to get into the garden, do some different things, and it's so rewarding when you do. I know that I have a little piece of my lettuce that are coming up. I never... Uh, uh, try to I try to leave some plants up so that they set seeds, and the seeds will actually seed themselves in this one area. But I think, unfortunately, because of the weather that we had, um, my seed on my lettuce is a little bit limited than that what I usually have. So, A, all the snow that we had, B, coming out of a different type of season last year where we came out of a drought, there is a episode that's happening. I don't know if they call it an episode or a thing that's happening, but we are seeing that our trees are heavily under stress. And one of those, and we're going to call it the hot topic. The hot topic was, yes, I think you've all seen it, the cottonwood seeds that have just been blowing around. 
Some people were calling us and saying the dandelion seeds, but the dandelion seeds weren't that evident a week ago when they were really massive. I kind of give a chuckle because one of our, our outbuildings on the back that's kind of empty, when we walked in there, there's probably a two-foot drift and it give it a kind of a reminiscence of a snow hill that's in there. So that was the capacity of these cottonwood seeds that were just being excessive. So if you're wondering what was floating around, they were the cotton seeds soon. We'll see the, the other ones. The dandelion seeds are just in production. There's fields of whiteheads that are happening that were, again, yellow a week ago and two weeks ago. But the other thing that's happening, and have you noticed that also to pollen. The pollen on the trees is excessive this year. And when you find that plants, regardless if it's a tropical or if it's sometimes a houseplant, are outdoor trees and shrubs, it gives us an indication that something has happened. The spruce trees especially, I have seen them very heavily right now. There are so many cones on a lot of the evergreens and that is a clear indicator that in the last couple of years they probably caused a stress. You're going to say, well, why does it create these cones and then have you walked underneath uh, underneath a spruce tree? You're basically yellow because the pollen is now coming out of those trees. In some areas, if you touch the tree, it actually has this yellow dusting that's on it. If you have allergies, put the mask on. It's been an added little protection for you. So the trees are under stress. The pollen is out there. The cottonwood seeds are out there. If you want to on your trees, uh, especially your spruce trees, you can water and hose those down and drop the pollen out a little bit sooner. Um, The moisture will help it to carry it to the ground a little bit that's on there. So yes, um, me with allergies too as well. I'm given a little bit of a sneeze now and then, but it's a good sneeze. It's from trees and shrubs, even though it gives me that little sneeze. I'm in the garden. Who cares? Now, the lines are open. 1-800. I don't have my sheet in front of me. The lines are open, so give me a call. I forgot to put my sheet out there. But now, other things that I want to talk to you about, and it's so important too. Now, with the trees and shrubs that are on through here, we see that the stress is there. But there's also another thing that's been happening is... We've had a few reports of trees actually not even budding out yet. The buds look like they're there. Reported that the buds actually started to form. And the inquiries that we're having is, why are my trees not budding out? A, it depends on your location of where you are. Because we also have to remember that a lot of trees, if we start earlier budding and we get colder temperatures... Plus in combination that if we get frost, and some areas had frost about a week ago, because we uh, had some people in saying that they saw that white shadowing on some of the roofs. So if you have a light frost on something that the buds are just starting to break open, that will affect it. Now, if you don't know if your tree succumbed to the winter, or if it was frost or stress damage that the buds have not opened, there's kind of a quick test that we... I'll sort of recommend for people to do. We call it the scratch test. So get out your little pocket knife or a little pruning knife. Just be careful. You're not sawing it horizontally. You're going to go with it vertically and do a light little scraping on the cambium 
which is the outer bark, which is the viable source of a tree, because we know the inner the inner rings. As you get closer to the inner rings of it, that's your old wood. So if you take your knife and you just give it a quick little scraping, and sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper, if you see lime green or green, that is the perfect time to say, hey, it's still got the flow and the xylem, the stuff that helps the trees grow. So it may be affected right by then by the frost or the stress of too much moisture. So give it time. I'm always one that says, give it time. Don't be rushed to take it down because if it's still a viable plant, it will take time. It will take a little bit of time to reset that bud. So it could be just frosted buds. And the same thing happens too. We recommend that through the season, we've seen it with, yeah, I'm going to say the worms are coming. You could see canker worms. If canker worms in the same effect, if they totally defoliate a tree to the point where the leaves are really small and gone and there's nothing there, the respiration of the tree slows down and it now has to put the energy on reforming a new bud set. And if it happens a little bit later in the season, yes, your leaves are going to be slightly smaller. But that's the time that we want to say, we're going to give you help. We're going to fertilize you. We're going to give you moisture if needed, but we will give you the food and nutrient, added nutrients for you to get healthier. And we all want healthier plants because they give us so much more back when they're giving us. Now, the high water on plants and the stress on plants, again, if it's in an area that's been heavily moistured and got too much on there, give it a break on that. Nature will help itself. And if you see that some of your trees are giving a slight little lift out of the ground because of that high water, they're adapting to that. So hopefully there's no high winds and it's not an old tree because sometimes I've seen some of those trees come down. We want to care for the plants. So now is the time, if you're wanting to fertilize your trees and your shrubs, it's the time now that you can do it. Remember too, there's different types of categories of tree and shrub fertilizer. If it is an evergreen, you're going to switch your granular fertilizer to something that is a a little bit higher ratio number. They love to be liquid fed, but of course, if it's in an area that's low lying that's on there, Hopefully that your spruce trees weren't affected because they do not like be in standing water for long. But your 30-10-10 or 36-12-12 ratios are beautifully perfect for that. And if you have the added bonus of having hydrangeas, dogwoods, or azaleas, give them a little bit of a boost too because those are all acidic, loving plants. They love that. All right. Uh, Alexa, we just got it and she said, you found your sheet. I found my number. And yes, I had some papers on here for some correspondences of people that have sent me messages. So yes, you'd think I would know the number off by heart by now. 1-800-374-3315 if you want to give me a shout. Now, we were talking about stress on trees and shrubs. Yes. But there's a little bit in this ties me into uh, answering an email from Becky. Now, please listen. This is what she says. Help, please. My spruce is about four feet in height and always been be- it's always been beautiful and healthy. This spring, it turned brown from the top down. The brown is more on the north side 
Opposite side is a grayish brownish color. There was a good snow cover, so I don't think it was the harsh winter. Can you help me out? Is there something I can do? Or am I panicking too soon? Well, probably there's a different types of scenarios with spruce trees that's in there. So if it was covered by snow, uh, A, that's a great insulator for it that's on it. Because if I think if it was, uh, as it was melted from the top portion of it, as your snow melted down, the top portion of it was probably the one that was probably desiccated um, by uh, drying out if the sun was on it and the reflectivity of the, the white snow actually bounces into the cells of your structure of your tree. Now it's important for spruce trees as well as all trees that they have the moisture in the ground prior to freeze up. And I think I keep saying this to people because A, it seems weird that this tiny little pine needles would hold moisture that's in there because you think how much moisture can that be? Well, it's amazing the structure of a tree, what it can go into an evergreen to hold that into it. So hopefully that they you had moisture into the ground that was in there. And the top portion, because it is more of a different color, I assume that that may have happened with the extension of the winter that we've sort of had, plus with the lack of moisture maybe that was in there. Now, I'm going to flip that coin and say something right there because there's also the other scenario that if it was in an area that had long-standing water when the spruce was trying to activate, spruce do not like to be sitting in long-standing water, which will also cause the effect of browning and rusting and of a plant, its demise. So you're going to say, well, what is it? Well, water is the hardest thing on a plant, whether it's lack of or excessive of it. The best thing that you can do is a, it should be budding out now, Becky. If you're seeing that if there's any bud sets that are on it, um, they should be starting to open or be opening. So if the bud set that was set from last year is not opening, then I, I, I'm going to give you some bad news because it's probably not going to regenerate itself. If you have new bud sets that open and you see that hints of green happening, then yes, it will take a long extended period for the new growth to cover up the brown. So I think um, there's a decision and it's kind of that hard talk that we have to have, but it's whether you want to wait that long. It's a young tree. It's four feet. Or is there something that maybe you want to replace it? I know. Take a look at it. Let us know how it happens and we'll go from there. Okay. Sometimes gardening is, is, has some fatalities as well. Okay. All right. So we're going to go right to the lines. Uh, Lorette is waiting. Hi, Lorette. Hi, Carla. Hi. My, My question has to do with rhubarb. Okay. How much can we harvest every year before the plant is depleted? Oh, how much can you, like every year, do you want to delimb the whole thing or how many no. years in cycle? I have a rhubarb from several years back. Yeah. And I have to move it because it's in, the, it's in the shade now. But my question is, like every time we 
take some rhubarb, like we have a taste for rhubarb pie, and we yep. take some rhubarb. But how much of it can we take in one year? Is it a half or one-third, or how much of it can we harvest every year so that the root is still fed by the, the leaves there? Well, I generally, when we're pruning a tree, I usually say one-third you can take off. With something that is fruiting that you wanted to go through, I generally on mine go about two-thirds. I always like to leave a good, like, one-third portion for sure. And I like to leave, I always leave a couple healthy stalks and a couple little spindly stalks because I know that uh, I like to have the nice thicker stalks too for doing some production of uh, baking and that. So I And when is the best time to move it, spring or fall? Fall. Because you're, because we know that rhubarb is one of those cool crops, right? It starts to come up early Early, in the ground. Yes. So generally, if something comes up early in the spring, that means you look after your maintenance in the fall. If it, if it flowers mostly in the fall, then the reverse would be then after in the fall, then I look after you in the spring. Now this brings another question. What irises, falls or spring? In uh, fall. Irises so in fall. Irises in the fall. Okay, but you want to do irises not late fall, early fall, because you really want those rhizomes to re-anchor and put some uh, roots back on them before they hit into a dead winter, okay? And how deep do we go with the rhizomes? With the rhizomes, are they Germanicus or Siberica? Uh, I don't know. It's a new type, and it's... Uh Oh, okay. Does it have wider leaves and it has a great big flower head that has a beautiful fall that's on it? Or it it was called October Splendor. I don't know if it means anything to you. October Splendor. No, I think it might be. I think it might be October Splendor. I'm going to write that down. I October Splendor. It may be a Germanica series and is if the corms on it or the tubers, a rhizome. Sorry, are very large germanica roots like to be just at the surface if it's a big bulb i kind of just nestle it in but if i was to go a little tap tap i could still feel that corm or rhizome at the surface okay okay so regardless of the type the rhizome has to be apparent at the top when we transplant the germanica series has to be at the top if it's a siberica series it could be a little bit lower okay okay so uh, when i Dig out the plant. I'll see. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You'll see. Okay. Okay. And I will look. I will look that up. So if you want to listen next week, I'll see. I will October. What did you say? October. Splendor. Splendor. Okay. Sorry, I wrote down October, but I know I, Google will help me if I look at it tonight. October Splendor. Yes. I'm going to look that one up to see how pretty it is. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Enjoy the weekend. Okay. And thank you for calling. Bye. 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 And. I should have mentioned too, because usually the lifespan, sometimes um, there's the lifespan of some of crops. And in my mind, rhubarb is a perennial because it dies back to the ground every year. And then you get this spring emergence that comes up with this new. And even in the perennial world or the uh, perennial gardening world, uh, five to seven years is usually if you reach full maturity of some perennials and at that point some people you know seven years eight years nine years ten years there is a decrease in production or how elite or how 
beautifully performance they effectively are. So at that point, we know that we have to re-energize those perennials. And the re-energy can be put back in by lifting, dividing, loosening up the roots. Because in some aspects, you should see the category of perennial roots that are out there. Some of them are so dense and thick that if they get kind of bound up, they're going to decrease in their production because they don't have the capacity to reach out and get that re-energy and get that nutrient base that they want to give you the show above. They give you that wow and splendor. I've been enjoying a lot of my uh, photos. I have a sister that lives way down south, and she gives me little sneak previews of her earlier advance of gardening. So we all love to share our pictures of gardens that are out there. And I have to say, Lorette, you just made my mouth water a little bit because I'm thinking about rhubarb pie right now. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was great. Now, we're all going to be gardening soon. And there's a couple other things that I want to suggest because I truly believe we have some early gardeners and we have gardeners that are waited for that moon to show and that go through it. And it's go time for gardening. But we have to remember too... um, We've been working in the greenhouse. It's been a cool day, 18, 20 degrees on some days. But we have our sunscreen on and we still get the, yes, the farmer tan is there. And our plants are going to be the same way. If you are purchasing your plants this weekend, be cautious. Give them a little bit of preparation for going into full sun. Well, you're going to say to me, well, they've been in the greenhouse and it's like bright light all day, 5 a.m. to... 10 or 9 30 at night they're already in the full sun well no the poly leaves that the poly roofs on your greenhouses have a little bit of protective measure that's in there it gives them a little bit of uv it's not in the direct sun like standing outside so where i'm going with this is your plants may get sun scald so you want to prevent sun scald and or leaf scorch on your plants because And you're going to say, what's leaf scorch? We turn red, our plants turn white. It's that capacity that it's been put in the sun too strong, or it may be in an area where it's up against the house, the stucco, way too hot. So we want to slowly acclimate your plants so that they're able to adapt to those sunnier conditions. And some plants are more prone to sun scald than others. All right. And believe it or not, I've seen sun scald on marigolds, which should never get sun scald. So if you've got your basil bucket and container ready for the deck, be cautious. Give it a little bit of a transition that's in there so it does not get sun scalded that's on it. And give them so you can do your bed prep. You can get everything ready for you, but just allow that little bit of time frame for your plants to adapt. Now, we've hit at that. I've got so much listed to talk to you about today. It's just amazing because we are in the thick of our gardening season. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. Now, the other thing that I wanted to sort of say, and we talked about it, is we had those dandelion heads, and I know we talked about the cottonwood seeds, but... Have you driven around lately? The amount of dandelions that are out there. At first it was pretty, two weeks ago, I must admit. Yes. And actually we were talking about and using some of the dandelions because dandelions are actually a little bit, the leaf is edible. 
You can make dandelion wine, which we talked about. I've never tasted it before. It has a little bit of a yellow. I looked, actually Googled it the other night, and it has a little bit of a yellowish tinge to it. I don't know. Some people may have tried it. But now there is the dandelion heads that are out there. What do we do? Well, A, um, it's something that you can eradicate that's in your yard by uh, hand digging. Uh, my mom is infamous for sitting down on the grass and doing the, the old-fashioned, which I think my grandmother taught us too. She used to give us, and my mom, yeah, the dullest bread knife. Go out and pick some dandelions. We helped in the garden as well. But there's also another thing that's out there. It does not eradicate the pre-existing dandelions, but it does help to prevent the pre-emergence of the new flower seeds that are going to be soon blowing around. So what I'm talking about is a corn gluten. And corn gluten, uh, it's a nitri- nitri- it has a nitrogen capacity, which is also a fertilizer that's on it. But if you're putting it on your lawn, it is also a pre-emergent for uh, seed sets. Okay, now, do not apply it if you're chop dressing and, and putting new seed, grass seed on your yard because you will not get your germination of your grass seed. You will get a little bit less. You'll get nutrient feed on your lawn, plus maybe deter a few dandelions from emerging and putting into there, which is always a win-win type of thing. And isn't it amazing that this spring, the first thing that we're growing were the dandelions? Who knew? Well, in my yard, I'd have to say it's a lot of my allium seed that it took uh, took hold all over. So do you like the dandelions? Do you not like the dandelions? Well, I think the granddaughters do because we were showing them how to make little uh, dandelion crowns. I'm dating myself here. All right. Now, there's the other thing. We've gone from dandelions. We've gone to uh, heavy pollen, plant stress, sun scald, frosted buds on plants. Now, there's a little thing that's been uh, buzzing around lately, too. And it's something that we have not really seen for the last, maybe the last two seasons, because it's been so drought. With all of the moisture that's out there, yep, There's standing water out there. still is. Have you seen them? Have you heard them? It's the mosquitoes. Yes, they're back. And in our sort of realm of plants and discovery, there are aspects of certain plants that you can plant in your garden that have natural deterrents that will help you with saying, hey, away. I had the um, experience one time to do some landscaping up uh, way up north at a fishing lodge. Um, It's called North Haven up there. It's beautiful. And the one thing that they said to us was, what can you bring us so that we can enjoy the area without being, it has to be cam free because the beautiful wilderness up there. So we helped them out a few years ago, and it reminded me, yes, that with the mosquitoes buzzing around in some areas in the evening, or let's focus on some plants that we can environmentally use to deter some bugs. Now, you may want to do a collection of some of these on your patio specifically so that you say, hey, I can use these plants, I can harvest from some of these plants, I can enjoy these plants, 
And these plants are going to tell the mosquitoes to, can I say it, bug away. All right. So I'm going to give you a little list of some plants that you can use that are aromatic beautifully. And they look gorgeous in contrasting containers as well. Make a little patio plant. Put it on the deck. It's going to look gorgeous. Now, citronella. Citronella, geranium, that you can use it, is also citrosa that's on it. It's a beautiful little geranium. It's going to have pink to lavender little blooms that are on it. And it's got this deep lemony scent. There's kind of a hint here happening about the lemony kind of scent that bugs don't like. And the more than the evening, if you're sitting by your containers, give them a little bit of a brush because they'll go through. So mark down quickly. I'm going to give you a list. Catnip. Lavender. Who? Who doesn't like lavender? Sage. Eucalyptus. Wow. Eucalyptus. Beautiful. Peppermint. Yes. There's a whole collection of peppermints. Chocolate. Lemon. All different types. Hey. Mojito mint. Rosemary. Thyme. Basil. Who knew? And fennel. I've got some more, but we're going to talk about that next week. Thank you for listening, everyone. Here's a quick poem. Spring, spring, spring. There's so much to love, flowers and trees. And pollen? So much pollen? Well, yes, sometimes there's pollen. But spring, spring, spring. Achoo! There's so much to love, like flowers and bunnies. And a lot of pollen. And rain? So much rain. Yes, but spring, spring, spring. There's so much to love about spring. I like spring. And pollen? No, not pollen. Rain? No. Bugs? No. Spring, spring, spring. There is so much to love. Like peace and quiet and birds and gardens. But let me finish. Like warm weather and achoo, pollen. Bye-bye, everyone. We'll be back next week on the Lawn and Garden Journal.